Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing out there? Is everyone safe? Is everyone doing well? Let me see how you guys are doing in the comments. How's everybody doing on today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want to welcome you to Hope Haven Church, and we want to thank you guys for logging on on today. Uh, before we get started, hey, Kim, uh, before we get started, we're going to start with a word of prayer, uh, and then we're going to go right into Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and for this privilege for us to come together and to give you glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning, God. We thank you, Lord, for the activities of our limbs, God. We thank you, Lord, for the blood that is running warm in our veins. Thank you, Lord, for how you've kept us another day, God. Thank you, Lord, how in the midst of everything that's going on, God, you have been gracious to keep us alive, God. And for that, we are grateful. We ask God on today, God, a special prayer, God, for healing, for reconciliation, and for just for love to be spread upon the earth on today, God. We're living in some turbulent and some trying times. But God, as we've been saying every week, God, we understand that you are a sovereign God and you are in control of everything. We ask God on today, God, that you touch my voice, God, you touch my heart, God, that you touch these lips of clay, God, allow the word to be conveyed uh, so that it can penetrate the hearts and the minds of your people, God. So hearers, but that we are doers of the word of God. And Lord, we thank you and we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. I was actually going to sing that song today, but um, you guys were not ready for my vocal, so um, I'll save them for another Sunday. Um, but that song has just been in my heart, which is the reason why we have the title of the message on today, um, which is entitled use your privilege, use your privilege. We are going through, um, something that I have not witnessed, uh, during my lifetime. Um, I've seen peaceful protests. Uh, but I've never seen peaceful protest at this magnitude, uh, not only here in America, but uh, in London, in New Zealand and all throughout the world. Uh, people are standing up and raising their voices for justice. Um, we have a lot of other things that are going on, but uh, for the most part, uh, most of the protests that are going on around the world have been peaceful. Now, I, I wasn't born in 68, so I don't remember uh, everything that went on. Uh, I vaguely remember the Rodney King riots. Um, but we are now living in a time where we are going to have our own stories for our children and for our grandchildren of this time that we're living in that we have witnessed and that we will be able to share uh, how a day had come where we've all had uh, raised our voices um, and we spoke out against uh, the injustice and the things that are going on uh, in the earth. Uh, and as you begin to see and hear all of these voices uh, that are being raised throughout the world and throughout the country uh, and in your counties and in your states and your local uh, municipalities, um, you will notice that it's not just black and brown people marching, uh, but you see that our white brothers and sisters and our Asian brothers and sisters and all different nationalities are marching with us to raise their voice with us. Uh, and for that, I am grateful, grateful for those of you 
uh, that are standing on the line with us and that are going out and raising your voice and using your voice uh, to speak out uh, against what is wrong. Um, and after we've done this for the last two weeks, you will notice uh, that there has been a shift in the voices of those in power. Uh, if you watch uh, the news this week, uh, we always called it 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, but today, uh, the president lives at 1600 Black Lives Matters way. <laughs> uh, when you go through, uh, study the news this week, we've seen uh, different reforms now uh, being brought forth uh, for legislation. And it's all because the people have risen their voice. However, uh, there are some people who have voices uh, that may be louder than others because of uh, their money, their prestige, uh, and even their skin color. Uh, during this time, uh, during this whole Black Lives Matter movement, we've heard a new term uh, that is being used, which is called white privilege. Uh, and it's used for those that uh, seem to have a socioeconomic uh, advantage uh, over black and brown people. And those people now are raising their voices, which is now making Congress and those that are in power more aware. Uh, we've seen this week that Michael Jordan uh, has raised his voice and has offered $100 million uh, over the next 10 years uh, towards the injustice uh, and also for reform. Uh, we see Kanye West has uh, committed $2 million and we see uh, Home Depot and Wendy's and all of these huge corporations uh, now lifting their voices on the behalf uh, of the injustice that is going on here in America, uh, which is a wonderful thing that we are witnessing. Now, whether or not uh, the intention is right with some, uh, that doesn't matter. Well, I can't say it doesn't matter. We, I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is that many of them are putting their money uh, on the line uh, to help uh, with this systematic issue uh, that we've been dealing with for over 400 years. And for that, I am grateful. However, I'm here to tell you that even with all of that, even with money and uh, with people of prestige raising their voices, uh, there is a privilege that we have as the people of God that the rest of the world does not have. And today I am declaring to everyone that is listening under the sound of my voice those of us that are Christians, those of us that say that we are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, that have the love of Christ in our hearts. I am asking us today to use our privilege. And our privilege is the fact that we can go to our God in prayer. And it doesn't matter how much you raise your voice out in the streets doesn't matter how many protests we do throughout the world. If we don't call on the name of Jesus, uh, then we'll never experience real justice in the earth. So it is important in this season that while we are raising our voices and while we are peacefully protesting, that we also lift up the banner and let the world know that Jesus is Lord and we must call on his name. If we want to experience complete peace and complete justice throughout all of the land. 
In the book of Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter in the 14th verse, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It says, and my people, some of you have King James, it says, if my people, and my people who bear my name, humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Mm. I will heal their land. I, I know you guys are looking at first Chronicles seven and 14. Where uh first Chronicles, where second Chronicles seven and 14, uh, second Chronicles seven and 14 says this, uh, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal that forgive their sin and heal their land. Woo. Second Chronicles deals with the rededication or the dedication of the temple of God. Um, give you just a quick story and we'll go right into the word. We understand that uh, it was on David's heart to build God a temple. Those of you that read back previous chapters in first and second Samuel uh, and David uh, had in his heart that he was going to build God a house uh, that would glorify the Lord. However, he went to the prophet Nathan and the prophet Nathan began to share with him that because he was a man of war and a man with blood on his hands and a man of sin, that he could not uh, build this temple uh, but that his son Solomon could build the temple. So David gave the instructions to Solomon on how to build a beautiful, perfected temple that would be pleasing to God. So when you read through First Chronicles chapters 1 through 7, uh, this all deals with the building, the dedication, the sacrifice, the prayer, and the response from God. Uh, many a times when we go to First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, uh, we see a lot of people uh, spend a lot of time uh, in the text preaching on the glory filling the temple. Uh, we heard these messages throughout all of our lives, how uh, when the temple was dedicated to God, that the glory filled the temple to the place to where the priests were unable to minister. Uh, that is a wonderful, uh, wonderful text, wonderful thing to preach on. But uh, we have to add some context to the text so that we understand why the priests were unable to minister. Uh, you have to understand that the priests were spread out throughout all of Israel because we're talking millions of people spread out. Uh, at this time, they have been given territories and they have been given land uh, to build upon. Uh, so uh, each tribe had their own portion of land uh, and each priest was designated to a portion of the land according to each tribe. And during this time, uh, they now come together uh, here in Second Chronicles to offer up praises unto God for this new temple that has just been built. Uh, the other thing that we want to keep in mind is that this was during a particular time. This was during what they would call the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. So the reason why all the people of Israel were gathered together was because there was a festival or a celebration that was going on. Uh, during the time of the Feast of Booths, uh, the people would live in booths for a week to commemorate uh, what they had went through while they were walking through the wilderness on the way to the promise. It was to give them a flashback 
of the goodness of God. How there was a time that we dwelled in tents. We were tent dwellers and we lived in booths. But now God has put us in an established land. And for that, we are glad. So this drew all of Israel together for this festival. Now, last week we talked about the Feast of Pentecost and how all of the Jews from all nations were gathered together to celebrate uh, the Feast of Weeks. But now again, God in his strategic plan draws all of the people together so that they can experience his glory. So the Bible says that when they dedicated the temple, the priests were unable to minister. Mm. What was it that caused the glory to come in to the point to where it became so heavy that every priest in the room fell on their face. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because all of the priests were spread out throughout all of Israel, they were broken into 24 divisions. And they would rotate their duties on what they would do uh, for the service of the tabernacle or for the service of the temple. Uh, If you're familiar with the New Testament, you've seen that John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, uh, the lot had landed on him to offer sacrifices over uh, during that time. And it was during that time that the Lord visited him and told him that his wife would become pregnant and conceive John the Baptist. So it shows us that they worked on rotation. But when we go to the fifth chapter of Second Chronicles in the 11th verse, uh, it shares something very powerful. It says that every priest consecrated themselves uh, regardless of their division. And what that means there is it means that they set aside all of their titles all of their positions so that they could be in unison to worship the name of the Lord. And it was there that they got rid of their reputation and got rid of their titles and got rid of uh, who they were and what their position was in the church uh, that God was able to move inside of the temple. Uh, They moved away from all their diversities and all of their differences, and they understood that the common goal was for us to glorify the Lord, which teaches us a lesson here that God is glorified when we come together in unity. When we set everything aside and we come together to worship him as the one and true and only God and we move all of our egos and everything out of the way and we glorify him, that is when God can show up in the temple. Uh, The problem is, is that uh, we have now separated the church. Uh, We have black church. We have white church. We have multi-ethnic church. We have this church. We have that church. We have this denomination. We have that denomination. And we have so many walls build up uh, that we cannot glorify God together. But the moment that we knock down the walls and we come together and every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord, that is when the church will experience a true and a real revival. Mm. Uh, See, we have too many issues and too many walls in the way. And we have to understand that there's no way in the world that we can draw the church when we have no unity amongst ourselves. Uh, And one of the problems that we have right now is that there are too many isms and schisms in the church that are separating us from coming together to worship the name of the Lord. So when the priesthood disconnected themselves from their titles, their positions, their time to serve, it's my season, it's my time, it's all about me. And they said, you know what, let's come together for the common cause. That was the moment that the glory of the Lord came into the temple. Mm. You know what I believe? I believe in this season when we see black, white, brown, Asian, all of all nationalities walking together in the streets. 
When I see people put aside their differences, when I see people put aside their economic uh, uh, status and all of the things that go on in their personal lives and they come together for one cause, that's when I realize that we are experiencing a revolution in the earth. But if we want to experience a revolution in the spiritual realm, then we have to do the same thing. We have to set aside everything and come together for one common cause. So the church is struggling in this season because even in the midst of all of this going on, we're still trying to be territorial. This is my people. This is mine. This is mine. And God is saying, no, in order for the church to experience true revival, everyone must set aside, consecrate themselves and come together and come for one common cause, which is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Another thing we have to understand, people of God, is that the world will never experience the glory if we don't have the glory in our church. And I'm not talking about the four walls. I'm not talking about a church with an address. I'm talking about the church. The way that Israel was transformed was that they went to God first. They did not go to the streets first, but they went to God first. And it was when they went to God first that God's glory was revealed and God transformed the streets. And I'm afraid that although I agree with what we're doing, my concern is that we spend more time in the streets than we do with God. And if we don't go to God first, then we'll never see healing in the streets. So what we see here is that the glory in the temple transformed all of Israel because the people came to God first. And my question is why we're angry, why we're frustrated, why we're mad. But the question I have to ask you is who have you gone to first? Have you gone to the streets first or have you gone to your knees first? If We don't seek the face of God. They can do all the reform they want. But if you know anything about uh, the legal system, they'll always find loopholes. <clears throat> they'll always find ways to shift things to favor one group over another. They'll do enough just to pacify you. But you'll never have complete peace in your heart. We must come to God first. And it was there that when the church got together and came to God, that Israel experienced a peace that they had never experienced before. So now the priests are unable to minister. The glory of the Lord has come in. There's peace throughout all of Israel. And Solomon comes in the sixth chapter And he prays unto the Lord. Solomon says something that messes me up here. He comes to God in the sixth chapter around the 18th verse. And he shares with God that God, I understand that 
uh, I've built a beautiful temple. I understand that if there was a definition of perfection, this is it. But I also understand that the heavens can't even contain your glory. So if the heavens can't even contain your glory, we even with the beautiful temple that I have built, this can't contain your glory either. Which teaches us that God's glory is bigger than the four walls of the church. Which shows us that it wasn't the beauty of the service that pleased God. It wasn't the great singing that necessarily pleased God. It wasn't the, 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 the strobe lights and the guitars and all of the wonderful things that give us the presentation that pleases God. But the thing that pleased God the most was that the people came together in unity to lift up his name together. And Solomon understood that in order for the glory to be revealed, it's going to go beyond the four walls of the church. The glory of God goes beyond Sunday morning. And if you're only looking to experience glory on Sunday, then you are missing what God came or Jesus came on this earth for. He came on this earth so that we can experience his glory seven days of week. And what Solomon began to share with God, not share with God, but was getting to pray to God was that God, your glory is bigger than the four walls of the church. Can I talk to y'all today? The world needs his glory. Folks that have never stepped foot inside of the church needs his glory. People that don't know the gospel needs his glory. And if all we can do is come to church on Sunday morning in the four walls of the church and hold it for ourselves, then we have missed the purpose of what God has drew us in for. The purpose is so that his glory can be showcased upon the face of the earth. So now he says here that God, I, I build you a beautiful temple. God, I, 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 when it comes to presentation, uh, We've done it better than anybody has ever done it in history. The Bible says that the brazen altar was so full that they had to bring sacrifices to the outer court because they brought so much sacrifice to the church. But uh, if it, it, it ain't all about money. God, I need your glory. And what he begin to share with God is, God, because I understand that your glory goes beyond the four walls, what I'm looking for you to do is just keep your eyes on me. Because I know that as long as your eyes are on me, then there will be peace. There will be joy. And you will bring us through this. God now comes and he gives them a response in the seventh chapter. And this is where I'm going to close. He begins to share with them how he's going to bring healing to the land. And he says in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, and my people who bear my name, stop right there, my people who bear my name, my people who are called by my name, who are his people, his people are the believers in Jesus Christ. His people are those of us that are called by his name. If my people who are called by my name, and this is where I'm going back to, this is why we have to use our privilege because we're his people. 
And this is the season for his people to use their privilege. Oh God, I need some folks uh, to type real quickly. Use your privilege. This is the season for the people of God to use their privilege and to speak out or speak to God. Because if we don't go to God, we're going to have trouble throughout all of the earth. But if my people come to me and use their privilege, I will make a way out of no way. If my people come to me, I can change the transitions of everything that's going on. If my people who are called by my name call upon me, I can bring healing to the land. If my people who are called by my name call out the name of Jesus, I will be able to fix the things that are going on, not just in the earth, but in the heavenlies. If my people who are called by my name, this is the season for the people of God to use their privilege and to call on the name of the Lord. My people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, humble themselves, move themselves out of the way, abase themselves, have humility. Recognize that I'm in control. What I need y'all to do in this season is recognize that I, God, am in control. I know what it looks like, but I am in control. I know how bad it is out there, but I am in control. This is not the time to stop praying because God is in control. This is not the season to stop fasting because God is in control. And we have to humble ourselves no matter how angry we are and not get caught up in our thoughts and in our ideas and in our anger. Because if we get caught up in our anger, we will sin. And the Bible says be angry, but sin not. We cannot get caught up into becoming so angry that we can no longer hear the voice of God. I am mad as angry. I'm mad, y'all. <laughs> but if I allow my anger to get in the way, I will get in the way of what God is trying to do. Move out of the way. Use your voice. Use your privilege here on the earth. But also use your privilege in the heavens. Call upon the name of the Lord. Continue to keep access to heaven. Continue to keep relationship with him. Continue to call upon his name. Because if we don't keep God in control of this situation, if you think this is anarchy, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you think this is a mess, you ain't seen nothing yet. But if we use our privilege and we call upon the name of the Lord, God will bring peace to us. Seek my face. Watch this. Don't seek your ideas. Don't seek your intentions. Don't seek social media. Don't seek the pundits on CNN. I'm going to tell you, if you keep watching news, sometimes you got to take a break. Because if you keep a lot scrolling through this social media and keeps going through CNN and MSNBC and especially Fox News, you you you, you going to burn with anger. You're going to burn with hostility. You're going to burn and be ready to burn some stuff down. But when you seek his face, he gives you direction 
on how to handle matters correctly. And what we have done is we've stopped seeking God and we have started seeking ideas and plans and strategies that don't align with the word of God. And then we, understand, then we don't understand why we're running in the same place and why we keep making the same mistakes. It's because we have stopped seeking the face of God. You know what the problem is sometimes? <laughs> the problem is that sometimes we don't like what God is telling us. And because we don't like the way what God is telling us and because we don't like the way God is handling situations uh, and he's not handling it the way that we would handle it, we try to handle it ourselves. And what happens is we find ourselves in more trouble because we have turned our face away from God and we started seeking our ways. And I'm going to tell you something. Every time you seek your own way, you will seek destruction. So he says, if my people, us as believers, are called by his name, humble ourselves, seek his face, turn towards him, and turn from our wicked ways. Watch this. The only way that you can seek his face is to turn from your wicked way. Because his ways are not evil. His ways are not sinful. His ways don't have bad intentions. His ways don't have injustice. But when we turn from our wicked ways, what that is saying is we are repenting. Repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. But repentance is turning your back away from things that you know are displeasing to God. And what, what, what Solomon is getting from God is that Israel needs to repent. And what I'm saying to the people of God is with all everything we going on and all the things that we're seeing and however we're feeling inside, we got to turn from our wicked ways and we have to repent so that God can come in and do his work. And he says, and when you turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll heal your land. People of God, I got to close here, but I'm telling you right now that when we use our privilege in this season and we go to God in prayer and we call upon the name of the Lord and we turn our backs from sin and we seek the face of God. There is nothing that is impossible that God can't fix. God can fix the election. God can fix the sicknesses in our body. God can fix COVID-19. God can fix the economy. God can fix the racial, the racial tensions. God can do all of these things if we seek his face and turn away from all of the evil ills of this world and say God we trust you in this season I know y'all don't want to hear this we want to be uh, militant and we want to protest and we want to set things on fire but I'm going to tell you you ain't going to do nothing but cause more harm in this season we should use our voices but we should also call upon the name of the Lord and if you ain't calling on God but you're ready for justice then I'm here to let you know you'll never experience justice if you're not calling on God and you're looking for peace you will never know peace but when you call upon the name of the Lord God is the prince of peace. God is the king of justice. God is the king of glory. God is the king that can bring you out. God is the healer. God is the provider. And in order for us to experience a real transformation and a real reform in this nation, we have to use our privilege and call on the name of the Lord. Use, I'm closing, use your privilege you might not have white privilege 
you might not have financial privilege. Your mama might not have been a millionaire. Your daddy might not have been a billionaire. You might not have grown up with a silver spoon in your mouth. But we have the privilege to call on the name of the Lord in prayer. And the question that I can imagine God is asking right now is, why are they not using their privilege? I'm not talking to all of us. We know many of us are praying. Many of us are praying. All, a lot of us are praying. But there are some folks that are caught in their feelings in this season. And I understand. I'm a black man. I understand. I'm, I'm as angry as y'all are. Y'all see me almost use some words. But if I don't go to God for peace first, if I don't keep communication with God, I'm going to be no different than some of the negative light that they're showing. This is our opportunity, y'all, to showcase and to share the gospel with the world and explain to them that we worship the Prince of Peace, that we serve a God of justice that we serve a God that is a healer, that we serve a God that is Jehovah Jireh, that he can provide for you through an economic recession, that he can make a way out of no way. We got to be different. Yes, our birth certificates and our social security numbers say that we are citizens of the United States of America but I got some other paperwork in the spirit that says that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God trumps the, the kingdom of this world every day, every second of the week. And when I need God to show up, I pull out my citizenship papers and I say, God, the God of heaven, I need you to intervene on my behalf. And can I tell you something? He has never failed me. Use your privilege, people of God. Trust him in this season and watch God work. I'm going to give you these three points and I'm going to sit down. Point number one. We as Christians must use our privilege to share the gospel. We can't just talk about it. We got to be about it. Can't say you're a Christian and you're not sharing and explaining who Jesus is and why Jesus died and how he's transformed your life. We people's privilege, we must share our privilege with the rest of the world. Number two, we cannot experience revival without unity. We cannot experience revival without unity. Now, I told you there were 24 divisions of the priesthood. But on that day that the temple was dedicated, the Bible says that they set aside, consecrated themselves, and they set aside their divisions so that they could come together in unity to worship the name of the Lord. Time is out now to be setting up walls, setting up different rooms, putting people in different spaces, 
but saying we worship the same God. No, we got to come together in this season. The world needs to see the church with you. Now, we can have our differences. Many of us, we theologically disagree on certain things, but at the end of the day, those of us that call upon the name of the Lord, we got to call on the name of Jesus together. So we have to set those differences aside. Forget who's the leader. Forget who has the microphone. Let's work on being effective, more on being caught up on who's going to be the leader of the church. Number three. Use this time as an opportunity to shine your light. We, 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 we're going through a lot of mixed emotions right now, many of us. A lot of us are going through a lot of turmoil and trouble in, in, on the inside. But we cannot forget that we are Christians first. And we must shine our light upon those around us. We cannot allow them to see us off-centered and out of control, but yet call ourselves children of God. Don't just be a Sunday morning Christian. Shine your light throughout the Christian world and let God do his work. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity for us to just gather together in your name, God, and take away from uh, this word. Uh, God, we ask God on today, God, that you allow us uh, to use our privilege uh, to open our mouths uh, to cry out unto you uh, and for you God to show up for you God to show justice on our behalf for you God to shine your light in the dark spaces of the earth and for you to be glorified in everything that we do and Lord we give you all the praise give you all the honor, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.